The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Wonderful to have you with us. I have got today with me a returning guest, somebody who's a fairly regular on the program, and I'm very pleased to announce he will be with us on March 8th and 9th at our Bringing America Back to Life convention. And I am talking, of course, about Dr. David Prentice, who is probably one of the best experts on stem cell research in the world. So we are very, very fortunate to have Dr. Prentice with us. He is a former vice president of scientific affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. He's also former advisory board chair and a founding member of the Midwest Stem Cell Therapy Center, which is a comprehensive stem cell center in Kansas. In 2020, he was appointed by the Secretary of Health and Human Services to the Federal Human Fetal Tissue Ethics Advisory Board. Wow. Dr. Prentice has Almost 50 years experience as a scientific researcher and professor, including as senior fellow for life sciences at the Family Research Council. He's professor of life sciences at Indiana State University, adjunct professor of medical and molecular genetics at Indiana University of Medicine, and on and on and on. I could go on. There's about five more there that are, but let's just cut right to the chase. David, it's so nice to have you with us again. And I just, I always so enjoy talking to you. Thank you for It's joining. great to be back with you, Molly. I look forward to our talk as well as to the conference, Bringing America Back to Life. It's always an exciting time. And people are so energized there that uh, I can't wait to get there. You know, it's it's a different kind of, of sort of gathering because oftentimes, the uh, you know, many of the other big events that happen – are sometimes almost so big you really don't get time to t- yeah. you know reach out and touch people, which is what we've really worked hard to try to keep it at that level where we have you know depending on the year, but sometimes we have a close on fifteen hundred people that come out to that. That's great. Yeah. So, but but by the same token, the thing that we hear over and over and over from our participants is that they get to actually sit and talk to other people that believe like them, but they meet Mm. brand new people there. But it's small enough and big enough that you can, you know, sort of wander around and and really get to know everybody. And they love the fact that they can talk to the to the presenters, you being one of them. I mean, we we hear that all the time. It's so nice. We can actually talk to our presenters and get to know them. And you don't just sort of disappear behind uh, behind the curtain and and (laughs) back into the green room. You're out there. So which is wonderful. So David, thank you for agreeing to come down to come to Cleveland again to to be at that. And again, Folks, David will be speaking on Saturday afternoon at um, from 4 to 5 p.m., which is probably one of the, the very good times for, for presenters to be there because it's right before our gala dinner. Um, but David will be sp- uh, on Saturday evening, of uh, Saturday afternoon at 4 to 5 on March the 9th, and it will be at the Embassy Suites in Independence. You can just go onto our website, bringingamericabacktolife.org, bringingamericabacktolife.org, registration is right there 
Sign up as soon as you can because as we, the last six years, we have sold out both of our booth space and of all our seating. So make sure you get there right now and go book your, uh, get your tickets. Um, okay. So David, you, you've got all kinds of incredible things that are happening right now. Um, stem cells. Tell us a little bit about what your work is actually involved in. Well, and for quite a number of years now, I won't say how many to date me, but uh, <laughs> it has been a focus. It was a focus when I was back working in the lab at Indiana State University to try and isolate and study in figuring how to use adult stem cells. Now, I, I want to make sure your audience understands that there are more than one type of stem cell. So if somebody says, hey, we we want you to spend money on this on stem cell research. The immediate thing is, well, where did you get them? And embryonic stem cells, which had sort of been the darling of the scientific community for a number of years, come from, as the name implies, embryos. And you have to kill young human beings to get embryonic stem cells. The practical aspect of that is embryonic stem cells also haven't yet worked to actually help a single patient to treat them, to cure them, anything like that. The other major type of stem cell and the one that we're going to focus on is adult stem cells. Now, you don't have to be an adult to actually have these types of stem cells in your body. Children have them, teenagers, they're in the umbilical cord, both the blood and the solid part of the cord. And I think the name comes just trying to stay as far away from the unethical embryonic. But the adult stem cells, number one, you don't have to destroy the donor to get them. You can get them ethically and safely without harm. And even better, they actually work to treat patients of all sorts of diseases and conditions. The last number I saw was somewhere around 2 million people who've been successfully treated with adult stem cells. Uh, treatments for all sorts of conditions that we can, we can talk about. But, but again, this is an ethical as well as a successful type of stem cells. So, so tell me what let you, you say that you, they're being used right now. They've been very successful. They've got thousands of people that are using them. What actually do they, do they do? What, what kind of diseases, what kind of treatments and therapies are they, are they actually working in? Right. And, and, and again, the source, uh, your, your listeners are probably well familiar with the term bone marrow transplant. Those are adult stem cells taken from a donor's bone marrow, or they can't even be taken from the patient themselves. It turns out about half of the treatments with adult stem cells, the patient is their own donor, which uh, gets around any problems with sort of transplant mismatches. You do have to match the adult stem cell transplant with the patient, just like you would for any type of transplant, kidney or heart or whatever. So that's an advantage, what's called autologous, meaning it's your own. Mm -hmm. But you can also 
get stem cells, adult stem cells from donors, from their bone marrow. You can get them from lots of tissues. And, and, and frankly, it'll sound a little strange, but one of my favorites, Molly, is from liposuction fat. Huh. <laughs> it, wow. it actually turns out to be a good source of adult stem cells. And I like it because I figure I can be a donor then. Uh, <laughs> The other rich source is umbilical cord blood and the solid part of the cord taken after the baby's born. They cut the cord. Don't throw that away. Mm -hmm. Keep the solid part of the cord, the cells from that. Keep the umbilical cord blood because it's a rich source of these what we call adult stem cells. And there's an advantage there as well. Uh, it turns out you don't have to have a complete match often with umbilical cord blood because they're they're naive. They're sort of new. They haven't been exposed to the outside world and all of the things that we go through uh, growing up. And so they tend to be uh, more of a generic type of cell you can use for lots of conditions. One that I'm really excited about, and the news just keeps going, is that you can use umbilical cord blood adult stem cells to treat things like sickle cell anemia. Huh. And, and this is a huge thing because for, well, basically forever, we have not had any kind of successful way to treat people with sickle cell disease. And it can be literally a life threatening problem. We profile a lot of these treatments and patients on a website, stemcellresearchfacts.org. And one of the ones we've done and recently updated, we went back to talk to the young lady named Desiree, who had had sickle cell anemia all her life. It's a genetic condition. She had never lived a day without pain. In Shame. Oh about gosh. the time she turned 20 or so, uh, she heard about the potential for adult stem cells to actually treat her severe sickle cell anemia. And actually it was done, the transplant was done in Kansas City uh, by the folks who helped run that uh, Midwest Stem Cell Therapy Center that you mentioned that I've been associated with. They brought her in. Uh, she was treated with these adult stem cells from umbilical cord blood, and her sickle cell disease is gone. She no longer, she, she talks about it was the first time she'd had a day without pain. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful and thing. It, it is great. And, and it turned her life around, obviously. She, uh, she was so enamored with the idea that you could do these kinds of medical treatments that she went back to school and became a nurse so she could help others wow. and talk about this in more medical terms. Wow. Uh, and they've come up recently with a genetic treatment for sickle cell. And, and we can talk more about, or I'll talk about in, in my talk at the conference about genetic treatments and so on. It's not that it's bad, but it is expensive mm -hmm. and it's not widely available. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the adult stem cell treatments, there are more and more clinics around the nation who are making this available 
whether it's from umbilical cord blood, whether it's from bone marrow, they've come up with new ways to get better matches with donors. And it opens up the possibility to treat this previously intractable disease and free these people uh, to have a bright future and a pain-free future. You also, I remember many, a couple of years back, you and I were talking on, on the radio, you know, when I interviewed you, and you talked about um, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis. That, that's, mm-hmm. another, that's another disease, I think, that you've had some success with. It, it has, and, and we, we profile a couple more patients with uh, MS, multiple yeah. sclerosis, on that website. It's an autoimmune disease, so in that particular condition, like a few others, for whatever reason, your immune system goes rogue and starts attacking your own body. And for MS, it attacks uh, the coating of nerves so that you start to lose the ability to have nerve impulses to move and to get about and so on. It causes problems in the brain as well. Well, what they found out was you could stop that attack and essentially reboot the person's immune system, again, using their own adult stem cells. A friend of mine that used to work at Northwestern University pioneered this and has been teaching clinics around the world how to do it. Basically, the patient comes in and they get a little blast of chemo because what you have to do is kill or at least push back those rogue immune cells that are causing the problem. And then you take some of the patient's own adult stem cells. Again, the perfect match is yourself. Mm-hmm. They take those cells, the, the patient's in isolation because you've done in their immune system. You give them some of their own adult stem cells and literally reboot their immune system to it's now naive. And they essentially start over but it not just stops the progression of MS. What they've seen is in many patients, they will start to improve and recover. They go into uh, essentially a, a system where they are rebuilding those coatings of the nerve system back to a, a an almost normal. Doesn't mean that in every case you're going to get a, quote, cure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... but- the fact that you can come back from where you were at sort of a low point in this MS and start to recover functions and so on. And again, what we do is we profile these patients and they talk about what they went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd encourage your audience to go to stemcellresearchfacts.org and look that over. Absolutely. And I will put that up on our website, folks, so that you've got that if, if you need it. Um, and just go there and have a look. You can also go onto our website, bringingamericabacktolife.org, and you can look at David's, um, Dr. Prentice's bio there. You can also um, see a little bit about what he, we've got his previous presentation. He's, I think this will be the third or fourth time that you've presented because mm-hmm. we, we keep having requests for you to come back. So you're very, it's very, very wonderful that you're able to, to, to come in and, and help us to understand what's going on here. One of the things I wanted to ask you, David, and I think um, it, it's it's constantly out there, and particularly you know the more we're hearing about China and all the research that's coming through from there, et cetera, et cetera, is there still a threat to um, 
uh, to medicine all over the world of people using um, embryonic stem cell for, you know, the, the research that they do in, in countries that don't, you know, uh, ban it. Um, is there still a threat from embryonic stem cell? You mentioned that there's been no, not one single um, success story from this, but I don't think it stopped. There's lots of countries that have still, that are still doing it. And you're right. Unfortunately, it hasn't stopped, and it is still a threat. I mean, even even in the United States, our National Institutes of Health still gives out millions and millions of dollars every year for people that want to dabble with, do experiments with human embryonic stem cells, despite the fact that in 25 years of working with human embryonic stem cells, they have still not made any breakthrough. There's still no cures. You know, all the things we were promised decades ago that if only you would let us kill a few embryos and give us a bunch of money, you know, as scientists, we'd come up with all of these great cures. In fact, I had one person say, you know what, it has the potential to cure all known maladies. And I thought, well, yeah, that's just a little bit of hyperbola. <laughs> uh, but as as you say, there is still not a single cure, not all maladies, but not any malady that has been cured with embryonic stem cells. And still, there are people that will push and they will want our taxpayer funds. They will want to uh, have more embryos mm-hmm. or they want to make embryos mm-hmm. by some particular process, whether it's fertilization or cloning or some newer ways that they've come up with, only to kill those embryos after they're just a few days old and then take out their embryonic stem cells to study with. You know, and and it's also interesting, Molly, that there's also been another breakthrough uh, probably about 10 years ago now. There was a scientist in Japan named Yamanaka who came up with a way to make what looks like and acts like an embryonic stem cell, but without killing any embryos. Dr. Yamanaka figured out a way to take just an ordinary cell, like a skin cell, and reprogram it, kind of like you reprogram a computer, so that it would look and act like an embryonic stem cell. But again, no one dies in the process And what they found is these cells not only are as good as, but are better than embryonic stem cells because you can take them from anybody. You can steady diseases in the dish. You can come up with ways to even have them start to form rudimentary organs and see what sort of problems might develop and try to come up with treatments. They're still not as good, though, as adult stem cells. Adult stem cells are still the only thing that actually successfully treats patients. So when it comes to spending our taxpayer money or promoting a stem cell, we still need to be focused on adult stem cells. 
And, you know, it seems to be such a strange thing. Uh, you know, it's almost the Frankenstein part of who we are as, as human beings. Mm. Who, you know, people want to do what they think, you know, nobody else has done before and which is, which is a good thing. But then to start messing with human life is, it, it's, it's a dark side of us, I think, in many it ways, is. David. It really is. And you look at this. Do you see for, in the future that, um, this is going to get, Worse, or do you see us beginning to say, "Okay, this is not going to work. We need to focus on ad- ad- adult stem cells." Uh, you know, I, I r- around the world, regardless of which country, yeah. do you see, do you yeah. see it's getting worse or better? Um, unfortunately, I think it's getting worse. I think there are more. I just call them challenges, but there's even a new way that they can make human clones that they're starting to come up with. Oh my and a push now to grow those clones in the laboratory, uh, something like an artificial womb. Now, you know, in the talk, we may discuss that a little bit more. There are some good aspects, but this is a bad one. And it's, again, a way to literally play God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make uh, a human embryo, kind of like making it after my own image, but, you know, we're not really holding to the highest image here. If I'm the one or or any scientist is the one saying I'm going to create life, uh, it's very much a, a poisoned well in terms of you look at these things, whether it's embryonic stem cells, whether it's fetal tissue, whether it's cloning, some of these newer and even macabre ways to create and manipulate and destroy life. I do see a time though, which we've seen already, frankly, with some of the embryonic stem cell research where they say, I'm not getting this to work. What's going on? Oh, well, let's do something that actually works and that will actually help patients, not 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, but right now. Yeah. And so we've seen a number of scientists who have maybe grudgingly, but still have turned their labs around and are working with adult stem cells instead of embryonic or with fetal tissue. They've realized the practical aspects. And I think in some cases, the ethics of all of this is starting to weigh on them. So we need to keep pushing. We need to keep talking about the successful and ethical stuff. We need to keep praying Mm -hmm. because I think eventually things will turn around and turn for the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I and I again, folks. I'm talking to Dr. David Prentice. He will be here with us in Cleveland, Ohio, on March the ninth. He will be giving a presentation at our Bringing America Back to Life convention. Go to our website, bringingamericabacktolife.org. Um, sign up right now. As I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we have sold out for the last six years, and in, it, it, we're on track to be doing the same thing. So, do not miss com- coming and listening to Dr. David Prentice in and. 
meeting him and just a great guy. Love, love what all the things that he's doing. He was one, a founding member of the Do No Harm Coalition, um, for, for American research ethics. He's also on the advisory board of, um, Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. Just a great guy. Just got so much, so much to share and to give to us and, and to, and to arm us with as we go out in this crazy world right now, David. It is a, it truly is a crazy world, but you know what? We've got good people like you around. So I'm always full of hope when I, when I listen to you. And folks, if you come and listen to, to David's presentation, you will leave feeling very hopeful because this, Double things, yeah. Firstly, number one, the incredible research and the incredible success that, that he and the people like him that are doing the research into, into adult stem cells uh, research are coming up with. And secondly, the fact that he's, that they are pushing back against this unethical, uh, medical research that's going on all over the world. And in fact, you know, don't be surprised if there is some of it even going on in our own city, because of course we do have Cleveland Clinic here. We know that in many of these uh, big, huge research centers, there is still some of this going on, even though it's not getting funded by the, the government anymore, which is praise God for that. But And, and I, I will tell you that Dr. David Prentice was on the cutting edge of putting the kibosh on all of that. So do not miss his presentation. Again, I will put up all the information about him on the website, on from the Median's website when you go and you and remember to download this program and pass it on to everybody that you can think of because there's so much information that we do need to get out there into the world and fight back against the unethical ways that we're doing research. Dr. David Prentice, thank you so much. See you soon. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Molly. Looking forward to seeing you in March. Absolutely. God bless you lots. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. <laughs> 